everyone wants to make the most of their life. Pastor and teacher Dr. Bill Galarakis of Columbia Road Baptist Church guides us into that focused and meaningful Christian life that will make a difference today and for eternity. Get ready for our next episode of Changing Lives, Changing Eternities. Here's Pastor Bill. I was driving away from Burger King when I decided that there was no God. Hello, this is Pastor Bill Galarakis, and I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that story here later on, but I want to welcome you to our very first podcast of Changing Lives, Changing Eternities. And with me today is Brad Gladish. He's the director of our digital ministries here at Columbia Road Baptist Church. Thrilled to have him with us for this uh, inaugural beginning podcast. I have looked forward to this day when this will first be distributed and Uh, We have a number of other ones recorded, and we're excited for you to hear those too. But at the very beginning of this, I I want to answer, why another podcast? Brad, do you listen to podcasts? Yes. That would be ironic if you were helping us create a podcast and you didn't listen to podcasts. I do. But there are a lot of them, aren't there? There are. are, There's hundreds of thousands of them out there. And so why would we do another podcast? Well, I listen to podcasts regularly, and I find them to be an excellent way while I'm doing many different things. Maybe it's mowing the lawn. Maybe it's exercising. uh, Maybe it's just driving in the car. An excellent way to get a little bit more of information, inspiration, whatever it may be, into my life. And that's our hope that we would do this as well. I have an unusual background. Uh, I'm a very unlikely person to be a Christian, let alone a pastor, And I'm hoping that the path that God has brought me on might be an encouragement to other people that don't follow Jesus Christ, or that perhaps are believers and are trying to make a difference in the lives of others. And so that's our desire with this podcast, that it would be an encouragement to you. And I'm glad that you found it. Why the title? Why Changing Lives, Changing Eternities? That's a really good question. The idea of changing somebody's life is a, a very exciting concept, especially right now. We are recording this at the, hopefully, what's going to be the other side of the hill with COVID-19. I don't know what the future holds and how this will age uh, in the future. But I'm hoping, as we're on the other side of this, people are looking for a change in their life. 2020 was very difficult. There were a lot of relationships that were broken and damaged, lots of mental health things going on, lots of lost jobs, lots of Uh, despair and hopelessness that came out of the isolation, that came out of a number of different problems. So when I think about changing somebody's life, my life was changed by Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell that story here in just a little bit. But it wasn't just my life that was changed, because a changed life, though as wonderful as it is, it pales in comparison to eternity. Life, even if you live a hundred years, is still very, very short compared to forever. And so the Lord Jesus Christ doesn't just give us a little bit of a better life, like some might say, uh, uh, like a self-help book tells us how we can live a better life. He does something on a whole nother level. It's not just a better life. It's a whole new life, a completely different life. And it's one that doesn't just last here in time, but also in eternity. That's the idea of everlasting life. And so that's why I've chosen Changing Lives, Changing Eternities, because that's what we are all about as God's children, as members of our church, as members of any Bible-believing church. That ought to be what we're seeing and desire to see, is changed lives and people's eternities changed. Maybe we should touch a little bit on what does our church stand for? Where do we come from? Right. Well, we are a Baptist church, 
And for some of you, that may bring certain ideas to your mind, and maybe they're welcome, familiar ideas. Maybe it's very foreign ideas. Maybe it's negative ideas. I remember when I I was not raised in a Baptist church. I wasn't around things of a Baptist church as a child. And so when I first heard of Baptists, I sort of had a very negative view in my mind of what that would be like. But what I've come to find is that, well, the Bible made me a Christian, and then the Bible made me a Baptist. What, What I mean by that is, when I looked into the truth of the scriptures, of what the Bible says about eternal life, about me, about my sin, about the Savior, I was, I was shown that I needed a Savior, and I'll tell that story about how I came to faith in Christ. But then I looked at the Bible and I said, does God give us a pattern for how life and ministry, the life of a church ought to be done? And what I found was the way that Baptists are doing it in America are the people that are the closest to the New Testament pattern. And I've said this a number of times, if I found a group of people that were following Jesus in a way that was closer to the New Testament pattern than the Baptist, I'd stop being a Baptist and I'd go be one of them. But I am very thankful for our Baptist heritage. It has to do with the Bible as our authority for our faith and practice. It has to do with each church, local church, being autonomous, making its own decisions and being self-governing. It also has to do with direct access to God. We all have the Lord Jesus, those of us that know him as Savior, is our high priest. And because of that, we can go directly to God without another intermediary. He is the only intermediary necessary between God and man. Those are some of the Baptist distinctives, and there's more to it than that. But we are people of the Bible. We are Bible-believing people, meaning that we side with Scripture. If I disagree with something found in Scripture, I am the one that is wrong, and I must be the one that changes in order to align with Scripture. So what I believe is not true just because I believe it. It's what's in the Word of God. And if I find myself at odds with that, we know which one of the two of us are wrong. We're also, as a church, people that speak the truth in love. I think many who have been to our church, and if you've never been, I would invite you to come and join us here on the west side of Cleveland in North Olmsted, Ohio. I would hope that our church is a loving church, where people come that have been through things, that have struggled, that have had hardships, and they find real healing genuine believers, genuine community, and the truth of God's Word that leads them into a better life. I think that's great. You know, what's what's interesting is, opposite of you, I've actually grown up in a Baptist church my entire life. I actually started coming here when I was four years old. And it's just interesting, the all the different perspectives that, you know, people could be coming to a church for many years, or, you know, their first time could be this Sunday, Right. And there's all different people who are at different parts in their walk, walk with the Lord. And it's just great to hear, you know, the it really comes down to the authority of God and, and what he stands for. And, you know, you mentioned earlier about how you're one of the least likely to be a Christian, let alone a pastor. Let's talk a little bit about that. So I was a gay rights activist, an atheist gay rights activist, before I became to faith, uh, before I came to faith in Jesus Christ. I really had a negative opinion of all religions, but specifically Christianity. I thought that religion was a foolish thing. I thought that if people needed a crutch to get through life, it meant that there was something wrong with them, that they were weak. I considered Christians to be brainwashed. I thought that the Bible was filled with contradictions and nonsense. And that was sort of my view of religion. It was a very uh, pseudo-intellectual view that down with you know, down with religion and up with science and with secular pursuits. And um, I was convinced that there was no God. I said I was driving away from Burger King when I believed that there was no God. I don't 
think it was anything I ate from Burger King that robbed me of what little faith I might have had. Uh, I would say that I was in the car with some of my friends, and I had been thinking about it for a while, and we had been talking about religion, and most of my people that I was hanging out with were also not believers. Some of them were Wiccan, and some of them were spiritual, but I just came down on the side where I'm like, I don't think that this is true. And one of my friends, who was not a believer at all, said, because he was a little bit shocked at that, thinking that maybe I was a Christian, he said, you know, if one of these religions was true, it's probably Christianity. And I'm like, nah, it's not. And from that moment, I slipped into a place of derision towards religion. But there were, as in most good stories, was a pretty young lady, and she invited me to go to church with her. And honestly, I didn't care whether she invited me to go to mosque or to temple or or to church. And so I I said yes, and I went with her. And what you're not going to believe is the church that she invited me to when I ended up showing up there was one of the churches that we had come into conflict with as I was part of a uh, a gay-straight alliance at our local high school. And back when we were arguing with the school board about um, adding sexual orientation to the anti-discrimination clause, a church showed up and engaged in the conversation with the board members and then also outside of the board meeting, lots of people around talking. And wouldn't you know it, that was her church. And I'll tell you what, I um, when I walked in to that church, I didn't know exactly what to expect, but I decided I was going to be on my guard. I was going to be a smug little punk, and I was going to stick it to those people. And they were so kind to me. They really were. They were genuinely nice. They knew what I believed. They knew where I stood on things. And I, I, I was shocked that they weren't combative to me when I came to their church, as you might have imagined from someone like that. And I kept listening to the preacher again and again talk about Jesus Christ, who died for our sins, was buried and rose from the dead. And I kept hearing all of that, and I kept hearing him preach the Bible. And the Baptist church was very different from the church, what little experience I had. The church that I had gone to as a child was filled with ceremony and ritual and incense and candles and icons. And it was just... A Baptist church was sort of boring after all of that. There was a guy who got up, opened the Bible, read a passage from the Bible, began to explain it, and said how it would affect and change our lives. And he did this again and again. And I mentioned that I thought the Bible had numerous contradictions in it. Have you ever met somebody that said that, Brad? Oh, yeah. You, you And that's the idea that I had in my mind. And I heard things like, oh, well, the Bible's been translated so many times, we can't really know what it says. And I had heard all of that, and I just kind of swallowed it without doing too much deep dive into it. But I'll tell you what, the more I listened to this man teach and preach out of the Bible, the more I was surprised at the contradictions that I didn't find. In fact, I found great unity inside of it. And that was confusing to me because I had certain expectations. Then there was a young man who worked with the youth in that church who, in my opinion, had just about every measure of success that you could want in life. I Honestly, it's crude to say, but I, I thought most Christians were losers. And this guy had a beautiful wife, had a good-paying job. Uh, he was athletic, um, you know, as much as, uh, as <laughs> I thought. I thought he had it all together, as much as I understood. I thought this guy had it all together. And I, I was asking myself, why is this guy here? He could be successful out in the world, doing whatever he wanted. And yet he's here giving up his Friday evenings to talk with young people uh, about Jesus. 
And him and his wife were just, they were all in on helping these young people in their Christian walk and just their daily lives. And that was one of the things that began to change my life. Because this man who lived in such a way that God was real made me stop and think maybe God is real. If he is willing, with all of these marks of success from the world, to also believe in God, uh, maybe there's something I need to entertain there. And there were a number of things that happened, and I attended that church on and off for a while. And um, I, the whole time in the background, what I have to let you know is that that young lady who invited me to that church was praying for me. And not just praying for me in a lukewarm way, she was praying for me with tears. And she had asked other people in that church to pray for me. Now, no one ever told me this, but there were a number of other people in that church praying for God to open my eyes and show me himself. And as an 18-year-old young man, I felt in the spring of 2001 that not just some people were sinners, but that I was a sinner. And not just some people needed a Savior, but I personally needed a Savior. And I knelt down at the side of my bed, having heard a number of times just a simple prayer of faith, calling on God to forgive your sins, believing that Jesus died and rose from the grave. Just whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I prayed this prayer. And it was a very simple prayer. It's like this. If you're listening right now, you could pray this prayer if you've never trusted Christ as Savior. I said, dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I know that my sins must be paid for, but I believe that Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave. Forgive my sins and be my Savior. And when I prayed that prayer, lights didn't flash, bells didn't ring, I didn't feel funny all over, but I knew I had taken God at his word. And I want you to know, Brad, the next morning when I woke up, it felt like Christmas. You know that expectation that you feel as a kid about Christmas? Mm -hmm. And I felt that, and I, I woke up having forgotten that I had prayed that night before, asking the Lord to forgive my sins. And I said, what am I so excited about? What is different? Why do I feel like a load has been taken off? I was carrying a load I didn't even realize I was carrying. And that was a burden of my sin and having to be good enough on my own. And God saved me. And after that, he began to change my life and grow in my life. And, and before you know it, here I am, pastoring the church that I was first brought to as that teenager, pastoring the church that at one point in time, I was arguing with on the steps of a school board meeting about homosexuality and uh, about what constituted discrimination. I want to tell you, God has done an amazing work in my life, and, and I'm just so thankful for it. He has changed my life, and he has changed my eternity. You know, clearly, you know, being a pastor of a church, you've, uh, you know, you're devoting your life to that God's calling, honestly. But, you know, even from that aspect there, you've, you've devoted the last 10 plus years to getting your doctorate and, and all of the things to help prepare you for this role. Yes, I love school. You know, some people, they hate school and they can't wait to get out of it. But I, I love reading and I love being prompted to learn. I found that I got super lazy when I took a semester off between some of my degrees. And I, I did earn my PhD this past year in uh, 2020. And I'm, I'm thankful that that chapter of my life is over. It was quite difficult with a family and pastoring a church. But I want to tell you one of the things that came out of that is just an overwhelming uh, confidence in the reliability of the Bible. I am overwhelmingly confident in the reliability of scriptures. That's really what I studied was biblical studies, the New Testament, and um, how we got our New Testament through the ages. And uh, 
There's just nothing quite like it. It did so much to build my faith. And it was at the core of it, the word of God lived out in the lives of others that changed my life. That's wonderful. And God is always changing the lives of of people all the time, every day, all day. And a lot of the time is we can't forget to ask them. We've got a direct access to God. And, you know, when we're having troubles, when we need strength or, you know, guidance, you know, we certainly have the Bible as a tool. And we also have a tool to be able to talk directly to the Lord ourselves. And we can't forget to ask him because he's, he's listening and, and he wants to help us. He loves us. Amen. The Bible says that it's the Lord that works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure, meaning he doesn't just give us the ability to do it, but he changes our want to. Now we actually want to. It's, it's more amazing to me, not that I am a pastor, but that I want to be a pastor. Not that I am at church as often as I am, but that I want to be. God has truly done something different on the inside. He gave me an amazing new beginning, and he can do that for anybody who calls out in him in faith. And what's neat is he changed your life. He did. And he changed your eternity. He did. And, and remember how that happened. Somebody lived out the truth of God's word in front of me. There was a gentleman named Joe Shag at our church who lived out that truth. And I saw his life and his life so reflected the gospel, right? The truth of Christ's love for us, the, the gospel being the good news, right? What Jesus did when he stepped into my place and to really the place of all humanity. And he paid the, the punishment, the debt that we owed because of our sin. And when he rose from the grave, he proved that he was who he said he was and that he had power over death and hell and could give us that eternal life. And when I saw somebody's life reflect that kind of sacrificial love and was kind to me, though I, did, I was not lovely, he loved me, that was striking. And that's my challenge today on this first podcast for, for those of you that are listening. I want to encourage you to live out the Christian life in front of other people. There may be folks listening today that are not believers in Christ, and I would encourage them with that simple prayer that I gave before to reach out to Christ in faith. But most of them are going to need someone like you, believer, to live out the truth of God's word in front of them, to love them though they're unlovely, to be with them through the messy situations, to hold them up when they're discouraged, to be the one who follows through with those promises. And so today, I want to challenge you to live out your Christian life boldly in front of people because you don't know whose life you're going to change. I don't imagine that that gentleman had any idea what would become of me. Who's this little punk who's trying to date this girl from my church? You know, you can almost imagine what he's thinking. Who's this guy who's trying to uh, pull her away from the things of God because he's an atheist, because he has nothing good to say about Christians? Who's this guy? I don't think he, he thought that way, but I might have thought that way if I was him. But no, he chose to love me and to live that out, and it changed my life. You do that for somebody else. You know, Pastor, what do you envision with this podcast? What should people expect you know, weekly when we're, you know, sharing God's word. A lot of what we do are going to be practical ways that you can live out your life as a believer in Jesus so that you'll change people's lives and change their eternities. So it will be things about dealing with uh, anxiety and stress. Uh, It'll be about how we respond to the word of God when we feel like we're wrong and it's right. Uh, Why do we put the word of God as our authority for life? You know, that's a really big question. If Jesus Christ is going to change our lives in every area, according to his word, then we need to know what is the word of God. And so we've we've got a number of different topics. We'll also have some interviews with different people as 
guests, guest preachers come into our church as we talk with different ministry leaders here in our church, uh, they're going to have unique aspects, unique viewpoints on living life as a Christian. So we're going to hear from them as well. And one thing I would love to do, and I enjoy doing this above probably all the other things, maybe not above the interviews, but is answering people's questions. You know, one of my favorite things that I've ever done is to sit down with new believers and to just let them ask questions. I I think that's so important. In some places, people don't feel comfortable to ask questions or even the challenging questions because they're afraid that they're going to offend somebody or they're afraid that there might not be answers for their hard questions. Well, I'll tell you too, um, even when I was a new Christian many years ago, um, I was afraid to feel stupid asking question, right? You know, I'm a new Christian and I'm at church with people who have been, you know, Christians for many years and I feel that they know all the answers and here I am asking, you know, a very simple question or I, I was just afraid, you know, to ask those things. I get that. I was so biblically illiterate when I came into the church. I didn't know. I couldn't name the four gospel records. I didn't know the difference between the Old Testament or the New Testament. I was, you know, I grew up in America. I'd been to church before, but I I really didn't know much about the Bible or about how to live as a Christian. And so I had a lot of questions to ask. And some of them, you know, maybe other people thought that they were foolish, but no one ever made me feel foolish here. And that's one of the great marks of our church is that they loved someone who was so different and they were so patient with me. Uh, the pastor was so patient with me. And if you have a question, we want to answer it in one of our podcasts. You can go to columbiaroad.org, one word, all lowercase, columbiaroad.org slash podcast. And there you'll find a form that you can fill out to ask a Bible question, or maybe a question about a Christian life, or about the Christian life. Or maybe you are in a situation right now and you just say, what would your advice be for this? And we'll do our best to answer those in a podcast and uh, we'll let you know if we choose your question. Great. Well, thank you very much, Pastor, for your time. And I, again, appreciate you inviting me uh, for our inaugural podcast launch here. You know, Thank you all very much for listening, and we hope that you uh, join us in the future. We'll see you all next time. Thanks for tuning in to Changing Lives, Changing Eternities. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to our podcast to catch our next episode. To hear even more of God's Word, we invite you to join us this Sunday either in person at Columbia Road Baptist Church, North Olmsted, Ohio, or online at columbiaroad.org slash live, YouTube, or through our mobile app. Make sure you like us on Facebook, Instagram, and follow us on Twitter. Remember, let's be more than hearers. Let's be doers. Live out the truth of God's Word this week, and you'll change people's lives and their eternities. Until next time, thanks for listening and may God bless you.